Today we're going to continue our study. We started a few, a few months back looking at great men uh, of the Bible. Today we are in the third week uh, looking at the life of Moses. We spent five weeks looking at Abraham. And again, we're in the third week looking at the life of Moses. Now, uh, remember the context of this account. Uh, God sees the state of his people. Uh, he sees their terrible plight as they're living as slaves. He sees their suffering uh, God hears their cries as they cry out. And, and in compassion, uh, he acts in their deliverance. And that's what this entire account is about. He sees his people. He sees their plight. He hears their cries for, for a savior, for a deliverer. And, and in his compassion towards them, uh, he acts in their deliverance. Now, uh, as we read the account, it becomes clear every, every one of these guys we look at, uh, be sure and understand this. It is God who will deliver. Uh, it is God who will save, but he is going to use Moses. Sometimes we get uh, pretty consumed looking at Moses, and there's some, some things to look at, but be sure and do not miss that. It is God who acts. It is God who is going to save, God who acts as deliverer. Last week, we, we studied Moses. Or we looked at Moses' call uh, out there in the desert. Remember, he is a shepherd. Uh, he is out there in the desert, and he sees a bush that is miraculously burning but not being consumed. And so there's the great flash of this bush. He sees the bush out there burning but not being consumed, and God reveals himself in that bush. Uh, well, that leads to our verses today. That is the start of the call. Uh, really, that's where we pick up today. Now, now, think about the context today. Here is Moses. Here is this man whose past isn't what he planned. Uh, really, he, he had done some things and messed up. He had run from that. Really, he's in hiding where he's at. He is working as a shepherd, and his past is not what he planned. Now, not only is his past not what he had planned, his future is really not what he had hoped. It, it looks like this is it for him. It looks like maybe life has passed him by, and these will be the days of his life. He will be out here in the middle of nowhere, actually in Midian, tending to these sheep. And so here is Moses, and his past is not what he had planned, and his future is not what he'd hoped for, and it is then that God calls him. Now, that's a pretty tremendous thing to see right there. You know what? He could have said, you know what? This isn't where I expected to be, and I had higher hopes than this, and I can't believe I've messed things up to the extent that I have, but it is here with a past that he didn't plan and a future that he hadn't hoped for that God then calls him. Well, that's what we see in the burning bush, and then today we're going to see his response, and even better than that, we're going to see God's response. Very awesome verse uh, two in particular, tremendous verses. We're going to see Moses' response, and really more than that, we're going to see the response of God. I'm in Exodus chapter 3, if you want to follow along. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to pick up today in verse 10. Here's what it says. Therefore, God has his attention. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. That is God's call. This is what he tells Moses. Listen again. Therefore, come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? 
In verse 10, God calls Moses, come now that you would go and, and deliver my people. And in verse 11, Moses hears the call and he says, but. Now he has a pretty natural question here. He has really a very honest question here. And the question is this, but who am I? Really, I think he's probably asking, God, God do you know me? Do you know who you're talking to? God, who am I? God, do you really know me? You see, this is the job for a warrior, and I'm a shepherd. This is a job for a leader, and I'm out here by myself. This is a job for a person that has clout. This is a, a well-known person, a person that's a, a powerful person. Nobody even knows who I am. And he asks, who am I that I should do this? Now, I've heard, and maybe you've heard, uh, sermons or Bible studies, and I've heard people say, well, Moses had a poor response here. And, you know, Moses should have felt better about himself, and Moses maybe should have had a, a better self-esteem, and Moses should have had a better answer. When God says it's time to go, he should have had a better answer than say, God, who am I? Well, here, here's the deal, and here's what I believe. I believe Moses knew himself. That's what I think. I believe Moses knew himself. My dad used to have a saying, and he had several sayings, but one of his sayings was, uh, the key to life, one of the keys to life is you've got to know your limitations. And there would be several times he'd say, no, you've got to know your limitations. I remember one time uh, we were watching TV, and there was a guy, and they hopped it up all week long, and he was going to jump this long string of buses on a motorcycle. And they had all the buses parked. And the, and the world record was, was however many buses, 30-something buses. And he was going to add one bus to that. And all week long, you know, on Thursday night at 7, he's going to jump these buses. And it was all hyped up. And it was on TV. And then, and then you turn it on. And they start to show his motorcycle. And they start to show him. And, and they showed his dad and all this stuff. And the guy gets on the motorcycle and he takes off and he wheels and deals and goes all around. He goes down to the end and he, he gasses it up. They go to a commercial. We come back from the commercial and there he is and he's revving that motorcycle up. And he takes off and he goes down the ramp and he hits the ramp and he jumps and he flies through the air and he leans into it. And he's about 10% of a bus too short. And he hits the end of that bus and that motorcycle. You, you can go and you watch it on YouTube. It flips about 45 times. And this guy's sliding down the asphalt. And I remember my dad saying, that guy didn't know his limitations. <laughs> you got to know your limitations. Well, you know what? I, I think Moses knew who he was. And he knew his instinct. He knew his problems. And so he says, you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to lead my people home. And Moses says, surely there's got to be somebody better than me. He knows who he is. And so he says, who am I? I think that's an honest response. Verse 12. And he said, God said, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. In, in verse 12, God tells him the difference. Moses knows his limitations. Moses knows who he is, but God tells him the difference. He says this, the difference is I will be with you. That's huge. 
God, the creator of all things, God that's all powerful. Listen, God says to a man that is hiding out in the desert, I will be with you. Then he says, I have sent you. It's going to be my plan. It's going to be my strength. It's going to be my authority, my power that you operate in. Moses, that is the difference. I have sent you. I will be with you. In fact, God says, in fact, you see that mountain over there is Mount Horeb. And he says, when this is all done, you and all of these people that you'll lead out, you'll stop here and you'll worship me on this mountain. And that's what he says. In fact, this is such a sure deal. You look at that mountain. We're going to come back by this mountain and we'll stop here and you and these people will worship me here on this mountain. Now, Moses hears that, but again, he's a person. And so he starts to play it out in his mind. He starts to say, so you want me to do this and you say you're going to go with me and it's going to be a sure success. We'll come back here and worship. But he starts to play it out in his mind. Listen to verse 13. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now here's what he plays out. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Here's here's what Moses figures out in his brain. He says, I'm going to go to these people, and I'm going to show up, and they've cried out for help. They've cried out for a Savior. And I'm going to tell them, you know what, we're, we're getting ready to leave and you're going to, you're going to follow me and I'm going, to, I'm going to be the tool of God's deliverance. And the reason you're going to follow me is because I come in the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm coming in the name of your fathers. And so the reason you're going to get in, the reason you're going to walk and listen in obedience is because of God who I represent. And he knows they're instantly going to say this. Well, who is this God? What is his name? Well, we're supposed to to do all this and and, and risk our lives because you say this? What is his name? Now, verse 14, and I'll just tell you, I've worked on this all morning. Verse 14 is a very awesome verse. Verse 14 is a very profound verse. Verse 14 is a verse we cannot understand. And I'm going to try to do the best I can to help us understand this verse. As human people, we cannot fully understand the depth of verse 14. But it is an awesome answer that he gives to Moses. He says, whose name do I tell them that we're going in? Who is the name? What is the name of this God? Here's the answer, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. In verse 14, God gave his name. And and, and listen, this is the proper name for the one true God. Listen, there's one true God. And and his name, God gives his own name. You know what? It's not what what they saw about him and named him. This is the name that God gives. This is my name. You want to know who I am? You want to know what I'm like? This is my name. This is the name that God gives his name, the proper name for himself, the one true God, Yahweh. That's that's the name, Yahweh. Yahweh, the name is introduced in Genesis chapter 4. Noah referred to God as Yahweh. Abraham referred to God as Yahweh. Isaac referred to God as as Yahweh. Jacob knew God and referred to God as Yahweh. But I I want you to see this. 
it wasn't used after Jacob. Did you know that? This name fell silent with the sons of Jacob. With the sons of Jacob, this name began uh, to be less and less. And I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't say what the Bible says here. It doesn't really say, but I, I think it's probably a very slow development. You know what? Abraham knew Yahweh and Isaac knew Yahweh and Jacob knew Yahweh. But, but maybe over time, it becomes less used and it, and it slowly dies and in losing the name, they lost this knowledge about God. Now think about that. They lose this name. And so you know what? They don't, they don't know Yahweh the way Abraham did. They don't trust Yahweh the way that Isaac did. And they lose the name. And as time goes by, they drop the use of this name. Now the name Yahweh in Hebrew, the original language, is crazily complex. But, but in Hebrew, let me just try to tell you, it translates this. It translates to be, I am, and I cause to be, three different verb tenses all at the same time. Now we can say, I can kind of understand that. Listen, all of those at the same time. To be, I am, I cause to be. That's, that's a pretty profound thing in Hebrew. We try to translate that into English and the best we can do translating that into English is what Popeye said. I am who I am. I am who I am. That's the best translation we can get of something so deep. Tell them, this is what God says. You tell them that to be, I am, and I cause to be has sent you. Now that may sound pretty crazy. And that may sound pretty mixed up. But I want you to see, and I want you to listen very carefully. I want you to see how tremendous this is. They're there, and they've cried out for a Savior, and here's this guy, and he shows up and says, you know what, God has sent me to, to help deliver you. And they're to say, well, who are you, and who is this God, and, and how do we trust this God? What is his name? And he says, tell them this is my name. When they ask who sent you, you tell them that the God that you have forgotten hasn't forgotten you. And you tell them that that God, that he is preexistent. Now, I'm going to try to tell you what this name means. I am means you tell them the God that's preexistent, that is before all things. You tell them the God that is self-existent. He's not created. He doesn't rely on anybody or anything for his creation. You tell them the God that is self-sustaining. He doesn't need anyone and he doesn't need anything. You tell them the God that is eternal, that doesn't have a beginning, and y'all can't even understand that, but you can go that way and you can go that way, and as far as you go that way, you won't have even started to get anywhere that way. You tell them the God that doesn't have a beginning and the God that doesn't have an end, who will never cease to be that God. You tell them the God that is the creator of all things. Nothing exists apart from him. You tell him the God that is the cause of all things, that is the sustainer of all things. Not only that, he's in control and he's the ruler of all things. You tell him that that God, the one that hasn't forgotten you, though you have forgotten him, you tell him that I am who I am has sent me. Now the smoke has to be rising up and those people hear that. Well, who sent you? The creator of all things, eternal, no start, no end, ruler of all things, the one self-existent God, the true God, he sent me. I am who I am. I am sent me. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. 
Listen to this verse 15. God furthermore said to Moses, go ahead and say this too. Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, Adonai, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now listen to this. God says, this is my name forever and this is my memorial name. This is how I'm to be remembered to all generations. I want you to listen to this. This is his name forever. Do you understand God doesn't change? He hasn't changed. And and, and do you understand because he hasn't changed, his name hasn't changed. And all the way back then he says, this will be the name that I'm remembered for forever to all generations. I want you to be very sure today, today in this generation. Here we sit in 2019, all these years later today in this generation that's forgotten about God, this generation that has set God aside this generation that calls him a superstition, this generation that calls belief in him totally ignorant, this generation that calls commitment to him a total waste of time, you tell that generation he is still self-existent. He is still pre-existent. He is still self-sustaining. You tell them that God is the creator of all things and anybody, Charles Darwin, all those guys, they've missed it. He's still the creator of all things. He's still the sustainer of all things. He's still the ruler of all things and when this generation has forgotten him he hasn't forgotten them and you say I am is still our God to all generations my memorial name will be I am who I am his name stands because he doesn't change that's huge now there's something even better than that And that is this. Listen very carefully. See what is building here. See what's going on here. And as big as that is, it's even bigger than that. You see, when they were helpless, when they were hopeless, when they were suffering, when they couldn't save themselves, they were lost and they were doomed and they were ruined, When they needed a deliverer and they cried out in their beds, oh, we need a deliverer. I am is their deliverer. Well, friend, I want you to see today. When the world was lost in sin, when the world was perishing doomed, when the world was ruined, When we had no hope, no hope at all. When we had no help, we had no help. When we could do not one thing for ourselves, no work could we do, no religious duty could we do. When we were lost, when we were doomed, when we were perishing, and when we cried out for a Savior, Jesus says, and you listen very carefully, it's no coincidence. I am the bread of life. Whoever shall come to me shall not hunger. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk any longer in darkness. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. I am the good shepherd, the one that lays down his life for the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. He who ever believes in me will live even if he dies. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Today when we need to deliver, our hope is still in I am.
John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am. What an awesome God. What an awesome Savior. What a tremendous hope. May our response be a lot like Moses's. Who am I? Man, I've messed up. My, my past isn't what I planned, not even close. You know, my future, it's not, it's not what I thought it'd be either. But you know what? I walk in the power of I am, and I've been saved by a Savior, I am. And my hope is sure and it's settled in I am. And just like Moses walked out of here and went to lead a people, let us lead many people to the Savior, I am. Our hope still stands. Glad you're here today. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and I'm thankful. Lord, I'm so thankful for you. And I praise you and I worship you. And I come and I pass through just this verse 14. And I'm in awe of such a tremendous God. God, forgive us. When we let a a sorry, mixed-up culture rob you of your glory. When we let let sorry, sinful men rob you of your glory as the creator and the sustainer. God, when we we let our own pride rule you of your glory as the ruler and the king. Lord, we come and we see you tell us, I am. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you. Lord, I'm thankful for for the fullest expression of I am, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that he is the truth, and by the truth we are saved. I'm thankful that he is the life and that we have eternal life in him. I'm thankful that we have a way, not of our own, it wasn't going to work, but we have a way in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for anybody here that doesn't know you. I pray that in the awe of such a Savior and such a salvation, that today they may turn to Jesus Christ as their their hope, as their deliverer. Lord, I pray for us in this room that are saved today. I pray that we would go out with a renewed spring in our step, with a loudness to our voice to tell the world, our God is is I am. Let us proclaim your glories. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.